Hello, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eeks and I am your host of Causes or Cures. Usually I'm interviewing someone. Today it's just me. I wanted to record a quick podcast before I got in my morning workout here. Um, So, you know, I like to share my perspectives on the public health response with you guys. I work in public health. I do do stuff with COVID-19. But again, Every opinion I share on here is my own. It's not reflective of anybody I work for, um, but I do like to share, and I like to hear your thoughts on what I say, too. Um, So today, I wanted to talk about boosters, COVID-19 boosters, and the current fight battle that's going on around COVID-19 boosters here in the U.S., because there is a fight. Now, when I analyze the public health response to COVID-19, I'm not just thinking about how we're doing now. I'm thinking about how we're going to do in the future when there's another pandemic. Will people trust public health advice? Will they trust the policymakers? Will they take it seriously? And because this is about building trust, right? It's about building trust. And when you do things that don't build trust, I think it's important to call it out to call it out i don't i don't think we should let it go um and sometimes when i see things that the people at the top do the the public health people that everybody's watching everybody's watching them and i see the things they do and then they complain about people not listening to them or they complain about you know they do they do these blame games where they blame the unvaccinated in this country or whoever else are currently Currently, the whipping boy is the unvaccinated in our country, but they blame them and they're not, they don't ever actually look in the mirror or take accountability for some of the things they do that I believe are inconsistent and sometimes very obvious, as, as I'm going to point out right now. And um, I'm like, man, you know what? You guys remind me of a story I heard when I was a kid about, it was a story my mom often told me um, to teach me a lesson, which it, it's about you know, the boy who shoots his parents, he kills his parents, and then he cries. He cries that he's an orphan. Yeah, that's sometimes, I get that same feeling when I see some of the stuff that our public health officials are doing at the top, which brings me to boosters. And real quick, I want to say why I'm worried about a second pandemic, because I think this is also important. Um, So when I was in public health school, I did a research internship with an organization that models and predicts emerging infectious diseases and they talk about factors that contribute to emerging infectious diseases and a lot of those factors have to do with how humans interact with their environment and how they treat their fellow creatures on this earth and i'll give you an example so deforestation you know tearing down forest burning up forest Um, to build houses or to to develop the land or whatever. Well, you know, you're you're obviously cutting into to somebody, some other creature's environment, right? So what that might do is that might put humans in closer contact, contact that they may not have otherwise had with, say, bats, bats that hang out in trees in the forest. Now, in those bats, and bats, for some reason, viruses, lots of viruses love to hang out in bats. And they don't cause disease in bats. There's like this happy relationship there. They just do their thing. But when the virus jumps from the bat to, say, a human or to, say, a a pig or a cow or something, 
whoa, that virus can cause a wicked disease, a deadly disease in humans um, when that jump happens. So if, and a lot of times, you know, again, that would never happen, but if we kind of not treat the land right, or if we disrespect the land or disrespect our fellow creatures, and we're trying to take everything over and not conscious of that, well, we can get, we can basically bring on uh, a pandemic on ourselves, a wicked one, probably with a higher case fatality rate than COVID-19. And that would be devastating to all mankind. So I do think about that stuff um, when I analyze our public health response this time. And I, and I, you know, I think in general, we have to take, we have to be aware of the factors that the human factors, the, the human contribution to future emerging infectious diseases um, and, and how we can stop that. But that's a different podcast for a different time. Let's talk about boosters. So what happened? So about a week ago, I saw an announcement from the administration that said booster shots will be available in the United States for all fully vaccinated people on September 20th. And if you are fully vaccinated, you can wait eight months, eight months and get your booster shot. And I said to myself when I was watching this on TV and everybody was tweeting about it, it was all over social media. I said, huh, that's so interesting. Why is that interesting? Because I didn't think the FDA analyzed the evidence yet. And well, it turns out I was right. So when I heard that announcement, Pfizer had submitted data on boosters to the FDA. The FDA was analyzing it. Israel, which is a very vaccinated nation, they're actually leading the world in booster shots right now. They sent their data to the FDA to be analyzed. Um, they're still sending data. There was just a study done yesterday that, you know, so they're sending that data to the FDA to be analyzed. Interesting about Israel, on an aside here, their cases again exploded this week. So you have a very vaccinated nation. Their cases are exploding. Um, there's talk of like a fourth booster coming. Who knows how soon, you know, and it's starting. And when I see those articles on Israel, I also think how the public is interpreting them. And I'm like, oh, God, it looks like a like, you know, one of those loyalty cards um, for vaccines. You know, when you go to get a coffee and you get a whole punch um, Oh, on your 10th coffee drink, you get a free one. But um because it's like, how many boosters is it going to take, guys? Uh, we thought it was just going to be one or two shots here. Um, building confidence. But anyways, Israel was to send their data to the FDA. They hadn't yet analyzed it. Moderna, which is one of the messenger RNA vaccines, obviously Pfizer is the other one. Um, they sent their data to the FDA at the beginning of September. And I also want to point out something that I think is important. Israel's data, we're using a lot of Israel's data to make decisions, but it's important to note that they're only using the Pfizer vaccine, okay? We have two other vaccines here that we're using, Moderna and the J&J vaccine, which is a viral vector vaccine. And I don't believe J&J has sent any data on boosters to the FDA. The J&J vaccine has sort of become the forgotten vaccine. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when I think of the J&J vaccine right now, I think of like your headphones that has the, the 3.5 millimeter wire and you're trying to plug it into all the new phones and you can't, you just don't know what to do with it. Um, but the J&J vaccine is still out there. People still have it. And they're wondering like, well, hey guys, what about me? Do I get a booster shot? Like <laughs> I just, just out here waving in the wind. Um, so we have all that happening. 
the evidence hadn't yet been analyzed, yet you have this, this administration telling the public, September 20th, guys, that's the magic date. Everybody can get a booster then. And so I was watching this unfold. And you know what else? Everybody else was watching too. There's a lot of people who have concerns about this vaccine. There's a lot of people who are very hesitant to get it. You know, and some people who are very high risk who absolutely probably should get it right away. And I'm like, man, they're watching this. And they're like, what? What is going on? Like, sometimes I think these people forget that the public, there are a lot of people tuned in. There might be people running away with conspiracy theories and running down the misinformation rabbit hole, but there are a lot of people tuned in and watching really closely. Trust me, I talk to these people. So when this happened, I said to myself, is that policy informing science or is that science informing policy? Now, I think the answer is, is rather obvious if we're being honest with ourselves. And then something else happened, which was like, like mind-blowing. Two top FDA regulators said they were stepping down from the FDA, um, Gruber and Krauss. And they stepped down because they did not like how the administration handled the boosters. And they were, frankly, they were upset. They said, you guys went ahead and you made this announcement, but we haven't done our job. We haven't analyzed the data yet. So they stepped down. Not only did they step down, but last week uh, they joined forces with other scientists and they published an article in The Lancet, which is a top medical journal. And they made a case against boosters in the U.S. And the media did, did report on that. So it's all out there now where... Uh, and now there's meetings. There's meetings today. Uh, there's also meetings next week. But basically, you have a fight at the top, a big fight at the top, boosters or no boosters. And the public is watching. And the public is already so confused. Um, so this is just more fire to that confusion, that big bubble of confusion. And, um, you know, I will say this, if you want to build confidence in a public health response, this isn't the way to do it. You don't skip steps. You you go through the steps, even if it takes more time, because people are watching you and because there's going to probably be another pandemic and you want the public's trust, right? It's a relationship. It's relationship. If you don't trust the person you're in a relationship with, you're not going to listen to them. Then the other thing, you know, that I started thinking about with this whole booster fight, and which now it feels like a soap opera unfolding. Um, and I, I was thinking, okay, so the administration all, also just announced sweeping mandates, right, for federal employees and also, um, I guess, employers. If you have over 100 workers, you have to mandate the vaccine. And I'm like, okay, so... People, you know, either have two shots with Moderna or Pfizer or or they have one with J&J. Now you have this fight over boosters. Um, And the reason we're talking about boosters to begin with is because of waning vaccine-induced immunity, like five or six months out from when you get your shot. So I'm like, well, how are you going to tie in boosters with the mandates? Because there's a fight over boosters. People don't agree that everybody needs them. So are you going to mandate them? And 
you know, of course that's going to create more resistance and, and people are going to question that more because they're, they're going to be like, well, why are you mandating that I get a booster when people are at the top are fighting over it? Like, come on guys, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. Um, <laughs> ha. So, anyway, and, and, you know, it's funny too. So I live in New York city, right? And now, um, they have these, these vaccine passports, which I'm going to talk about in another podcast, um, but they, you know, you need to just show that you have uh, your vaccine. I think it's one shot or two shots and you can get into places, which really isn't following the science either because uh, they're not mandating that you wear uh, masks indoors. But we know that the vaccinated can spread COVID. They can spread the Delta variant. We know that. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, these vaccine passports, you need to get into a bar, a restaurant, a gym, a movie theater. Broadway and I said okay well how how is that vaccine passport going to work out with boosters which we're talking about because of the waning vaccine induced immunity are you going to like then ask for a vaccine passport that documents booster shots which everybody's fighting about oh that'll go over real well with the public let me tell you they're gonna eat that up um like strawberry shortcake my other issue too is is it going to be a universal mandate for boosters um, like if you agree on boosters or is it going to be more nuanced? Um, and you know, public health responses sometimes don't like nuance because you're addressing issues at the population level. So you, sometimes you have to make adjustments cause you're like, Oh God, yeah, that won't work for everybody, but it's just too hard to make those little kind of, uh, disclaimers or, you know, at, 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 the population level. So you're just like, everybody line up. This is for everybody. But this is a different situation. Um, for example, a lot of parents, a lot of people in my family even, they're concerned about the risk of myocarditis in uh, younger boys related to the, the which has been documented um, for the messenger RNA vaccines and Pfizer and and, and Moderna as well. But but like Pfizer is, is approved for teens right now. And I'm like, you know, and then there's school mandates happening too. So the question there is, well, okay. And, and the, the risk of, of myocarditis looks like it significantly increases after that second shot. Cause there's, remember there's a two dose series to be considered fully vaccinated and you're, con- and you're considered fully vaccinated two weeks after you get that last shot. And so a lot of people are like, well, if <laughs> Do they do those people, those younger people who are at a lower risk of succumbing to COVID-19 than the older people, do they need a booster? And will the risks outweigh the harm? And and how do you know? Um, You know, and again, there's we don't know what that third booster might do in that younger population. And we also don't know if there's going to be. You know, how many boosters are we going to need to to get out of this? And uh, a lot of people will say, oh, it's going to be like the flu shot that you get every year. But that's not that's not exactly true. And that's not how we presented it to the public uh, when we rolled out the vaccines. It was let's get back to normal, get your shot, get back to doing the things you love. You can take off your face mask. Um, And then, you know, like three, (laughs) two and a half months later, they're like, oh, God, Delta fully vaccinated, put, put on your face mask again. Sorry guys. Yeah, we got that wrong. Um, and you might need a booster in five months and, uh, yeah, we don't know what else after that, but so again, that was, um, 
you know, messaging that would be cause for concern if you're just a person trying to go about your life and figure out what the hell to do. Um, How many boosters are we going to need, right? And also, you know, there was all this talk about how these vaccines produce a more robust immune response than a traditional vaccine, like, for example, the flu vaccine. So a lot of people thought, you know, it's going to be like one and done, two and done. And again, just we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And, and yet you're mandating all this stuff. And then you have to consider how the boosters will play into those mandates. That's important. The other thing which I'm concerned about, um, well, we haven't, they haven't tweaked the boosters. Um, will they tweak the boosters in the future to meet the current variants, the, the variants that are, you know, running around out there giving us trouble? Um you know, so like the original vaccines were designed to address the original variants. So the uh, the spike protein on the virus, the original, the original spike protein, there hasn't been any updates or tweaks to address the mutations um, that have happened with these new variants. And, you know, maybe some scientists say you don't have to, but there are people out there who are saying, like, are you going to update the booster shot to address the new mutations or not? Um, so that, that's another, another question that, that I have, um, in terms of like, well, how much will it really help and for how long, (laughs) uh, versus just in the short term. I feel like a lot of things look good in the short term. And then as time goes on, you're like, oh God, well, that certainly didn't go as planned. Um, is it really, you feel me? Um, (laughs) anyhow, the, uh, And the other thing, too, is um, there's other countries putting out different recommendations, which I think is confusing to people. Not so much related to boosters, but like, you know, in the UK, they're having a fight right now about whether um, they should recommend vaccines to 12 and 15 year olds. One vaccine expert group says yes. The other says no. And I'm like, oh, great. Public's watching that. And they're like, what the heck do I do for my kid? Everybody who's supposed to know what's going on is fighting over this. Um. And, you know, scientists do disagree. That's uh, that's absolutely true. But usually it's better, like, when you're going to put out public health advice, it's usually good to, like, kind of have these, to follow the steps, to go through the proper steps, but have these disagreements behind closed doors and then come up with a consensus. And then, you know, from that science-driven consensus, come up with a science-driven public health policy so the public doesn't freak out. Um the other big thing, too, speaking of dissent amongst people at the top, the World Health Organization, uh, the World Health Organization, which, you know, they deal with rich countries and they deal with poor countries. Now, for those who don't realize COVID-19 is an airborne global virus, it's everywhere. It gets around frequent flyer. Um, so, you know, what's happening in these other countries will impact everybody here. Everybody, you know, everybody is impacted by this virus, no matter where it is and what it's doing. Right now, you know, the the rich countries have a lot of these vaccines, um, and uh, the World Health Organization came out and said, "Hey, rich people, rich countries, stop with your booster rollout, okay? You don't need them. These vaccines are are working to keep people out of the hospital. They're preventing deaths." Why the heck are you going forward with boosters when all of these people and all of these other countries don't even have the vaccine? They don't have the initial one. Um, So, 
you know, he and and what they're really doing is they're making an argument for vaccine equity, which is, you know, get the vaccine to the most vulnerable in every country before you start doing things with boosters. Now, that's important for a lot of reasons. One, if you believe the vaccines work, then you're going to prevent death and, you know, the cramming of of resources and hospitals in all of those other countries. But guess what? You're also going to help you like from a completely like egotistical narcissist standpoint. Well, by helping them, actually, you're really helping you and you're really helping everybody get through the pandemic. Maybe it's more of a team effort if you can look at it that way. But a lot of people are mostly worried about what's going to happen to them and their families and their friends. But let's not forget, you know, there's all this blame. Everybody's blaming the unvaccinated in this country. I've never seen this like there's this war between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. It's kind of strange to me. Um, I, I don't I think it's very unhelpful. And I also think it's a distraction because the reason that these vaccines are losing their um, effectiveness, they're not working as well as they should, is because of the Delta variant, right? The Delta variant created a lot of problems. So all of a sudden, you started to see more breakthrough cases. Um, all of a sudden, this, the CDC is like, oh, no, we thought that the fully vaccinated couldn't transmit. But with Delta, guess what? They can still transmit, which is why everybody had to put their face masks mask back on if they were vaccinated. Um so Delta, it was the Delta variant that gave, that was the real problem here. It wasn't so much, I, I don't believe that it was so much the unvaccinated. It was Delta. The The vaccine was not designed to take on Delta. It wasn't tested for that in the clinical trials. Um, and then there's other variants coming. So, you know, let, now let's think about this. Where do these variants come from? Well, Delta came from India. Then there's Mu and Lambda. Where are they coming from? South America. Um, so again, these are variants that are happening in other countries where, you know, where the virus is doing its thing, it's mutating like viruses do. And then that virus, because it's airborne, it, it travels to, to our country. Um, you know, people, let's not forget where, where, how connected we are with trains and buses and planes and boats, right? Everybody travels. So unless you plan on putting a bubble around the entire United States and not letting anybody in, um, at the border, or, you know, at the airport, turning them home, um, like, go away. Um, <laughs> you are always going to have this problem. You're always going to have this problem. So that's, that is actually an argument for, you know, stop with the boosters here. Try to get control of the virus in all of these other countries that just need original doses of the vaccine. Okay. And, 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 you know, again, this is just, um, science really it's just science uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh end this here because i have to go to my morning workout um a little krav maga and um hopefully the the noises outside speak of the devil the noises you know on outside and here in new york city the trucks the horns the impatient humans hopefully it wasn't too bad i apologize if it was um But I think the take-home point of this podcast is that never let policy get before the science. People are watching. The public is not dumb. Sure, you have like a, there are people who are less smart in this country than others, but there are people who are really tuned in and they are watching what you do and they are skeptical. And if you do things that further, you know, make them question you 
and further that make that distrust bigger, um, you are going to have problems and the public is not going to listen to you. So don't skip steps. Don't let policy get before the science. People are watching you. People are watching you. Do the right thing. I had a, I had a commander at West Point, um, and he always said, DTRT, do the right thing. I think that applies here. All right, guys, take care. I hope you subscribe. Have a good day. Um, hopefully the background, background noise wasn't too bad. And um, make sure you get in a workout today too, or someday, because um, as we know, obesity is a big risk factor. Being overweight is a big risk factor for COVID-19, and that'll be another podcast. All right, bye.